Deep Work Podcast with Anthony Lucarini. I am the host, Anthony Lucarini, and I just want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, and I just hope this podcast has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. I have just loved the time that we've had with some of these incredible leaders and communicators and pastors and everybody who we've had on here. And um, man, this has been so awesome for this season of life for me. And, and today we have somebody who, as I thought up this podcast, as I, I dreamed this thing, this is one of the guys that it is tailored to and tailored mm. for because this guy is a leader of leaders. His name is Reed Moore. What's up, man? What is up, Anthony? I'm, I'm excited to be here, dude. I'm glad you invited me. I'm always honored to get the invite when I see it in my, uh, my email inbox. When I see Anthony Lucarini, I'm like, this is going to be good. Okay, oh, I appreciate that, man. Dude, yeah. we've worked together a couple times in ministry now. We've totally we brought you up to camp with us. We brought you down here for a neon night. We uh, oh, yeah. you saved my butt in the middle of lockdown where I was like, man, I'm tired. What do I do? I'm calling Reed. Yep. And uh, you, you brought the fire over uh, midweek live is what we called it. Yeah. Um, dude, anytime. Likewise, whenever I get to work with you, I already know it's going to be top notch, best of the best. Um, so thanks again just for jumping on today. Excited oh, for, absolutely. for what's to come. Well, dude, we, uh, we met like, what, two and a half, three years ago down in uh, Panama City, Florida. Down big, at big Stuff Camps. Stuff. Yes. Shout out to Trey McKnight. Um, That's it. Love, love them Trey. down there. And, uh, man, so it was so funny. This is like one of my favorite stories to tell because um, <laughs> it was a leader talk. You gave yep. it. Don't know what you said. Can't remember. But I'm, I just remember Classic. it was great. Good enough yep. to where after I was like, dude, I got to meet this guy. This guy's incredible. <laughs> And um, it was like a small room, about 100 liters. So yeah. you made yourself available. And um, we're down front. So afterwards, I was behind like two or three people. And I just remember this was the dumbest thing in the world. And there's a lesson in here somewhere. But uh, the people right in front of me went up to you. And you were like wanting to introduce yourself and have a conversation. And they just like posed for a picture. And somebody took their picture and they walked away. I don't even know if they got like, hi, or hey, my name is or anything like they that. Just wanted, they just wanted to do it for the gram, bro. It was all for the gram. That was it. <laughs> you know, then, uh, you know, right after that, we got to connect, had a really cool conversation, grabbed your number and the rest is, is history, man. Totally. <laughs> No, I think, uh, gosh, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you real quick, just because I'm like, there is, there's a lesson for people to learn that like, um, like, in that moment, you asked, if we could connect, and you, uh, you were like, hey, I'd love to ask you some questions. And, um, and I think for young leaders, they need to know that um, mentors don't find you. Mm. you know what yeah. I mean like so there if you're listening on here and you're like oh man like I wish I had a mentor and and things like that like mentors don't go looking for yeah. you um you've got to be willing to ask and shoot your shot and so I've, mm. I always thought that was impressive about you that you would reach out you made our time intentional and um yeah yeah so that's a lesson to learn right that, there man. bro all right, we're done with the Deep Work Podcast. My name, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's so good. We can stop right there. Um, man, you are, like I said, leader of leaders, incredible. Um, and man, I know your name. A lot of people know your name, have been, a, been able to serve under you, listen to you speak, things like that. But for those who have not met you yet, let's give them three quick facts. Who is Reed Moore? Three quick facts. Um, ah, man. All the, every, whenever this gets asked, I'm always like, dude, I'm, I'm so boring. I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just pretty average. Um, husband, father, uh, I like Premier League soccer and SEC football. And my probably my favorite activity now, because I'm old, like I can't go play like tackle football or anything. Uh, I like, I like spike ball. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like spike ball a lot. Dude, I'm down here in this retirement place down near Hilton Head. So I picked up the old people sports now. I'm playing tennis. Not quite pickleball yet. That's still like 15 hey, years bro. down the line. But I'm not going to lie to you. I love pickleball. <laughs> really? I've not I played it yet. Love, dude, it's so, it's honestly, it's so fun. It is geriatric, <laughs> but it is so fun. Like, it's, I need it's to awesome. try it one of these days. Oh, and yeah. I rolled up into Sun City, major, huge retirement community. And yeah. there's about 50 old people out there playing pickleball in the middle of lockdown. I was like, man, they're. They're listen, bold. They're listen, going for it. Some of the some of the old guys will smack you in some pickleball and make you feel like you're the most unathletic person because they right. know how to own the net, dude. It's so fun though. Dude, I gotta try it one of these days. Totally. But uh man, okay. So you went to University of Georgia. You said you love SEC football. Who yep. Georgia, who do you pull for? So this is where I mean some people may tune me out. Um now. I did go to the University of Georgia. And I do love Athens, but I have grown up a diehard Florida Gator fan, and I still rock the orange and blue, dude. All right. You're, you're, I'm not okay with the orange only because, um, you know, went to college in Tennessee. It was an hour mm. from UT. Mm. Um, actually, the fake UT. I think UT is Texas. University of Tennessee. And, man, I'm an anybody but Tennessee fan. So I'm great okay. with Georgia. I'm great with, with Florida. I'm actually better yep. with them because they're, they're rivals of Tennessee. So yep. for all my Tennessee people, I love you, but uh, sorry about it. Yep. Um, anyway, man, so we've had some really cool conversations over the years. You have been somebody who has spoken into my life, spoken into my ministry, and impacted me in ways that, man, it, thank you is just not – enough so thank you for that um but i would love to again a, a big goal and a value for this podcast is taking these conversations and sharing them so um today man i just want to take some of the things that you have taught me and pass those along so um one of the first things that i'd love to talk about um that you helped me with is, is culture so can you just talk about the heartbeat and maybe the value um in developing a healthy great culture mm -hmm. i mean <clears throat> Yeah, I can't, I, I, now I can't remember who it is, but it's a widely used and passed along uh, quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast. <clears throat> and, and it's true. Um, a, a strong culture um, helps you identify and attract the right people. And it helps you get everyone pushing in the same direction. Yeah. And there's just power in unity, man. Um, and, and again, like, being a pastor, I can, I can spiritualize this. So it's like, you know, the last thing Jesus prays for John 17 unity and something about a strong culture is that a strong culture breeds um, unity and it helps you get all these different people with all their different talents and with yeah. all their ranges of talents and all their life experiences and helps you get a diverse group of people pushing in the same direction and, and solidified around a common mission. And so culture Man, it to me, I'm like that is a one priority if you're a leader yeah. is establishing yeah. the what what culture you're gonna have and and core values and um, yeah. So so for me, it's just been uh, it's always been a high priority, and I've seen the benefit of it. Like what you can accomplish with a strong culture. A strong culture will even carry a less talented team mm, yeah. to accomplish more than they could because they were all pushing in the same direction and they all had a similar heartbeat and they all understood what the mission was and they were, they were going that way. Yeah. I'm like, man, a strong culture, even with a less talented team can accomplish more than a weak culture with a bunch of alphas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And um, man, even off of that, 
working in the church, we both work in churches right now. Um, A lot of the culture that we're creating, it is for our staff team, but it's also for um, high capacity leaders. And those leaders are a lot of the time volunteers. So can you just speak to um, what it looks like and just the power of leading a high capacity volunteer team? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Volunteers, man, they're the heartbeat of for sure the church. Um, And it's impossible to do what we do without incredible volunteers and having a strong volunteer culture. I think, and we've talked about this before, but like, I think a strong volunteer culture, um, like there's, there's kind of two traps that people will fall in, in, in building a volunteer culture. And, and I'll tell you about the sweet spot of, I think a strong volunteer culture. I think the two traps that we run into is we either tend to be, um, low challenge, high support or high challenge, low support cultures. And so when I say that, I'll I'll break it down really quick for, for people that are listening, but like a, a low challenge, high support is where you don't ask too much of your leaders because you're afraid to burn them out and you don't set the bar very high and you don't set the standards very high and you provide them with like all the support they need and you're giving them the $5 Starbucks gift cards and you're yeah. doing leader meetings and you're giving them weeks off and stuff like that, but you haven't asked much of them and the expectations aren't very high. And yeah. in that kind of a culture, if you're high support, but you're low challenge and you haven't really called them to anything that stretches them, what you end up with is, is bored mm. or lazy yeah. or aimless leaders. And so your culture becomes that of, well, like, do they even need me here? Yeah. And, or like, what are we accomplishing? And so people feel like, well, I I don't know that I'm necessary or that I'm needed or that I'm a part of something bigger than myself. And so that's one of the traps is the high support, but low challenge. The other, the other trap that a lot of cultures fall into is to be um, high challenge low support. Yeah. These are the cultures where you're just like, Hey, show up early, stay late, go spend time with students and go to their football games and go to their plays and, and call them on, on their birthdays and do all this stuff and commit, commit, commit and show up, show up, show up. And then there's no support system on the back. Yeah. Yeah. There's no development. There's no, there's no weeks off. There's no um, intentional time where you're spending pouring into their life. There's, there's no guidance. You know what I mean? Like, and so a high challenge, low support culture just burns people out and you end up having some of your best leaders, um, but they don't see through their commitments because they've been asked too much. And so the sweet spot in a volunteer culture is to be, high support, high challenge. Yeah. We're going to set great expectations. We're going to really challenge our leaders. uh, But on the back end as a team and as the people getting paid, we're going to go, we're going to support them. We're going to provide them with the development and the appreciation and the care that's needed so that they can continue to meet the standards that have been set. So keep the standards high, but on the back end, raise your game in your support yeah. and that culture yeah. in a, in volunteerism, high support, high challenge. We'll see people, you'll get the best from your people, yep. but then also they will experience 
like what's amazing about serving for them. And so it'll be like this dual thing where you'll get amazing results from them and they'll get amazing results from you. Yeah. And that dude, that's the sweet spot of volunteer culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's so clear. And what that does, it'll, it allows us to develop people and not just leave them right where they're at. I think, man, when I'm recruiting for volunteers, so often, of course, we want to chase after the volunteers who, who know the word, who are just leading themselves extremely well, who are there, who are solid, who are just like, you know, level five leaders. And totally. um, honestly, those people are hard to find. So mm-hmm. often we find the people who, who are a little nervous to serve, who are like, you know, I think I have some gifting. I don't know how great yep. I am. And those are the people who we get to develop. And that's a majority of the people that I think we, we get to work with in student ministry. Yep. Um, and I think there is an awesome piece to that because man, I'm, I'm not about finding perfect people because I don't mm-hmm. think perfect people exist. Yep. Um, so with this, man, it, it is so cool just to see leaders who, who step in and we put them in a place that, um, is tailored to their season to, you know, totally. where they're at in their walk. And, and then we get to really challenge them to really allow them to grow into who God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so man, and, and let me, hold on. I know we're yeah. going to transition, but I just want to, I want to take the pressure off of people to like, cause you were talking about, man, yeah. Like to find a level five leader is like, Paul, like as as people, and, and I'll speak to the ministry context, yeah. but this also works across the board if you're working with volunteers. Your job is to find great people, mm. but to make great leaders. Wow. So again, great people can be found. Great leaders must be made. Mm. And so like, I think a lot of times we go looking for great leaders, find great people, yeah. build great leaders. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that, yeah, yeah. and that puts the development on you and yeah. it helps you to see, man, I can see a great person with lots of potential and understand that them becoming a great leader though, is as much on me as it yeah. is on them. And so, yeah, dude, that's so good. That is so good. Mm. Um, and you're right. I did want to transition. Not that yeah, that's not good, but man, there, is something, <laughs> there is something, there is something that man, let me just say, you are one of the greatest communicators that I've ever had the privilege of, of listening to and experiencing wow. and being in the crowd and, you know, hearing you preach. There is such a passion in, in your preaching. You break it down in such, break scripture down in such a, um, a bite-sized way that anybody can understand. I've heard you teach to students, to adults, and, and everybody in between. And uh, for myself, I've always walked away just desiring Jesus more every time that you have mm. spoken. Um, and one of the cool things we were talking about this earlier is just, we've had some awesome leaders on this podcast and uh, we've had some great communicators that I look up to, that I try to learn from, that I'm asking some of these similar questions. But as I really pick their brains on, okay, your communication style or your preaching style, man, how have you developed that? How have you learned that? Man, it's your name that comes up so often. Wow. Um, so it is so cool that, man, today we get to talk to somebody who, like I said, is a leader of leaders and somebody who great communicators um, are going to because mm. you are such a great communicator. So that's just, man, I'm honored just to just to pick your brain on some of this stuff. Um, so I've got a few questions here and really I want to go in, in layers and just dive in a little bit, but start a little more it. maybe surfacey. Um, man, as a, as a skilled communicator, what can you pass along? Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I think, I think like the, one of the things that I notice a difference between great communicators and, and then developing an up and coming, um, I just would say, don't neglect your prep. Yeah. Um, 
I think a lot of times, especially nowadays in the Instagram influencer world and the celebrity preacher world and um, in that, in this day and age, we sometimes, young preachers especially, spend more time on our outfits and our, and our talk titles than on the actual like preparation of the talk and, and doing the homework and studying and reps and actually like maybe even putting it through some filters and letting some people comb through it and, and tightening up our transitions. I'm like, don't neglect the prep. Um, that that's the sauce of where your, your talk is going to find its legs and find its life. And then, um, yeah. And I would also say like, you know, there's some people that are like, I don't want to, I don't want to overcook it in the prep stuff because, you know, I want to be able to, you know, just be spirit led and in the moment and I don't want it to be too yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, like the Holy spirit is as present in your preparation as he is in the moment. And so just don't neglect the prep. Um, so that, that to me, I mean, if I, if that's something, that's one thing that stands out, um, as if you're talking about like what you can do at any stage in communicating, whether you're, whether you're just starting off or you've been doing this for a long time, that's, that's key. Yeah. I love that. Just cause I mean, the deep work podcast, literally the tagline to this is what are you doing privately that's yep. setting you up for success publicly? Totally. And that's it right there. Now I got to ask you, man, like what, what does your prep work look like? Yep. Yep. Um, so for me, um, especially now, most of my sermons are Sunday sermons. So my prep week looks like, um, Mondays, I call those like my explore days. So I, I go and when I, you know, I'll, I'll have my idea that I know I'm going to be preaching on or whatever for the, for the week. And my, my normal prep week would be Monday. I go and I, I make observations in scripture and I write them all down and I read commentaries and I listen to other people who have talked on this subject before, or maybe preached this passage before. And I just, I just mine for gold. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not necessarily on at the beginning of my prep, I'm not trying to put it into any sort of form. Yeah. I'm just gathering intel, you know, I'm just, so I just, I literally, I just dump it all into a note and I, I just grab as many great things as I can and I throw it all in there and I don't worry about its form. And then I let it sit mm. for uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, I chew on it, you know, I'm, yeah. as I'm driving, as I'm walking in the morning, as I'm, you know, going in between things, um, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm chewing on it. And then on Thursday, I'm typically bringing it all back together and I kind of fit it in like my normal flow. Everybody's got a flow yeah. and, um, and, and mine's not the right way, but it's a way, you know? Yeah. And so I think everybody's got a form for the longest time for me, the, one of the most helpful flows for a sermon has been um, just this little four box thing, which is connection, tension, truth, application. I want to make sure I hit all four of those pieces. I want to make sure that I connect with my audience. I want to make sure that there is a tension in this talk. Tension meaning we're solving a problem or addressing an issue. 
Like there's a reason why you should listen to this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then truth, obviously I'm anchoring everything that I'm doing in scripture, but the truth section is like, you know, for me as a preacher, what does God say about this? And then the application is, well, what do I want people to do? And so I want, it doesn't always necessarily have to fall in that, yeah. in that pattern, but I'm trying to make sure I hit those four boxes. And so I take everything that I've mined and everything that I've chewed on, and then I put it into a flow. I work on my transitions. I tighten that stuff up. Um, and then, and then I just rep it and I rep it a few times and, you know, the walls of our, you know, offices and basement have gotten saved many a time. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like as I pace yeah. around and, and I practice and I, and I try to rep it until I've got it down. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's, that's a typical flow. Yeah. 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 No, so, that's good. That's yeah. good. And I was even going to ask, um, is there, cause I, I think a lot of the time as communicators, we can, Man, this summer, I just hit it hard where I found all the books I could on preaching, on teaching, on communicating. Mm -hmm. um, something you suggested to me was study comedians. Don't study yeah. other pastors, especially being young, because yeah. if I study too many other pastors, I'm going to sound like other pastors and God's given mm -hmm. me a unique voice. But totally. um, you passed along a list of comedians that you listen to. And yeah, yeah. I picked up this thing called the Comedy Bible. That's a good resource for That's awesome. um, you know, any people out there. That one is like, it's, it's not the Bible. It's not a commentary with, with you know, making every, every yeah. piece of scripture a joke. That's not it. Um, yeah. It's more so uh, like, all right, week one, we're going to dive into this. And I want you to schedule a stand-up comedy routine this many weeks out, and we're going to have you ready for it. And totally. it forces you to kind of get ready and gives you some cool little like tips and tricks. Anyway, um, that's something that, that you've given to me, but I just want to know, is there anything that comes to mind? And the answer may be no, that is really unique to you where it's like, okay, I do this. I don't see many other people do this and I don't want to out you. I don't want to like, you know, expose yeah, yeah, anything yeah. where you're just like, you know, oh, this is kind of my, my thing, but um, man, yeah. again, you're great. I want to pick your mind. Yeah. Golly. I'm like, I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's anything necessarily like, I don't know if it's unique to me, yeah. um, but for me, um, I like to take what I'm, what I'm working on and put it through filters of others beforehand. And so something that I like to do is I, I like to invite feedback in my prep yeah. um, as much as I do in my post, you know what I mean? Like, and so I think um, something that like, you know, I've got a couple people in my life that I'm like, Hey, I'm going to run this talk through you and I want you to, pick it apart before I present because I think a lot of times we save our feedback for afterwards mm, yeah. and we learn, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and it's, and it's helpful and it's applicable, but there are certain things that like afterwards I'm like, well, if I would have known that this would have yeah. been, you know, uh, a, a sermon that we, I would maybe grade myself as a seven could have been a nine. If I yeah. just would have asked you two days before, you know, yeah. and so yeah. something that I like to do is I like to push, what I'm processing through a filter prior mm -hmm. to presenting and yep. prior to preaching. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I've got a couple, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have like a board meeting or anything like that, but I, I have yeah. a couple people that I call and I go, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's the flow that I'm thinking. What am I missing? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's just a, there's a lot of power in that collaboration. 
And um, yeah, so I think for me, that's, that's one thing that I, I know has made, has made my, my sermons better mm. is letting someone else get eyes on it earlier. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, and then what you guys get is me, me preaching a collaborative effort. Mm. That's good. And so That's there's, good. there's a lot of, yeah, there's just a lot of, I think, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, but I know, I mean, again, I know a lot of guys that just kind of put their head down in their office, they write their sermon and then they invite the feedback afterwards. Yeah. I just have found myself frustrated that I'm like, I could have found that out yeah. earlier in the process yeah. and preached a better sermon on the front end and we would have less to critique on the back end. And so, yeah, I think, I think for me, that's, that's one thing that, that I know I do. So unfortunately, at this part of the recording, we ended up hitting some technical difficulties. And I guess that's just where we're at with this whole COVID thing and doing everything online and digitally. And you know what? That's okay. We're not chasing perfection here. So I wasn't not going to post this conversation. I think Reed dropped too many bombs and too much wisdom um, to, to bail on this thing. Um, so I just want to say thank you to Reed. Thank you for jumping on here with me. Thank you so much for your friendship and wisdom and guidance and uh, just getting the opportunity to do ministry together over the last few years. So you have been so crucial in my development as a man, as a leader, as uh, a pastor. So thank you, man. Thank you for jumping on. Hopefully we can get you back on here for season two at some point. Um, but hey, thank you for everything today. I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Deep Work Podcast today. For any links, show notes, or additional resources mentioned in today's episode, go to my Instagram page at Anthony Lucarini. I'd also encourage you to follow Reed Moore. Uh, this guy is incredible. He posts some great content just about every morning right now. Um, so follow him. It's going to bless your life just as much as this conversation did, hopefully. And lastly, if you are enjoying the Deep Work Podcast, it would help us out big time if you would rate, subscribe, and share. And we will see you next Monday for our last episode of season one of the Deep Work Podcast.